Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange Someday for a crown Oh, that old rugged cross So despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God Left his glory above To bear it to dark Calvary So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trust at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown and exchange
stared down into the valley Filled with dried bones baking in the sun Remains that used to be a mighty army To him it looked like the fighting days were done But driven by your calling on his life you spoke God's words, the bones began to shake. You stared wide-eyed as the flesh began to form. And as it prophesied to the wind, the soldiers began to wake. And the Lord sent his wind into the valley and breathed the breath of life into their souls and raised them again a mighty army. Soon these arisen warriors will battle again But they have been filled with the Spirit wind oh, oh, oh.
everyone this morning good oh you're awake I can hear you <laughs> got cheerleaders over in the back over here well welcome we are glad you are here this morning on this foggy morning and it's nice and cozy it's a sweater day so it's nice to have that I'm glad you're here a couple things we want to make sure you guys are aware of the kids if there's any kids in here you guys are now meeting at 10 o'clock Back with Miss McKenzie, you guys are starting to get ready for your Christmas program. So we're excited about that. So you can head on back. And uh, she's waiting for you back there already. A couple other things we want to make sure that you're aware of is prayer night is when? At 30. <laughs> but if you come at 6, I'm here. So that's okay. It is so awesome to be able to pray. And guys... I am going to keep encouraging you to come if you have not been, because you're missing out. It's awesome. And God wants us to pray. That's one thing we need to be obedient over. And a praying church is what he's looking for. So we want the Holy Spirit to reside here, and we want you to be involved in that prayer time. It is awesome. It is so good. We, we never leave regretting coming. So... 6.30 on Wednesday, we will be here to pray. And then, let's see, what else is there that I'm, uh, I don't have a card. But on your seat is a postcard with information about, it's next weekend, right, Lisa? Okay, so next weekend, um, there is going to be a potluck. So you guys can come, and um, all the information's on that card on your chair. So make sure you check that out. Okay, and then I think that we are good. So let's stand and let's welcome the Holy Spirit together this morning, shall we? Because we, um, I came expectant for him. And I want to 
make sure that I'm ready for him. So let's pray. Let's get our hearts ready and our minds ready and uh, invite him in, okay? Everybody, let's pray. Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, we thank you for being here this morning, Lord. Lord, we want you to feel welcome to move in this place. This is your church, not ours. And we are here to bring you our gifts. We're here to bring you our hearts. So, Lord, we're going to lay them on the altar this morning for you. We want you to feel free to move here. We want you to know that we're expectant on you. And we want you to move freely throughout our hearts and minds, but through this place, through this congregation. And, Lord Jesus, I pray that we will honor you in um, how we respond to you, that we're excited that we get to come into your presence, Lord. It is an honor to be able to worship you freely, Lord Jesus. And we are grateful that you love to inhabit the praises of your people. So I pray we will praise you with all of our might this morning, Lord. We love you with all of our hearts. And we are here for you, Jesus. In your name and all God's people said, amen. Let's sing praises to him. Shame is a prison as cruel as the grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no grave.
Amen. Would you turn and tell somebody hello this morning? Greet them if they're new. Make them feel welcome. If you haven't seen them in a while, make them feel like you're super happy they're here. Well, we have a lot to be grateful for this week, guys. First of all, I'm super happy to see a bunch of faces. And there's even more in here now. There's even more. But we have a lot to be grateful for. Jane King's in the house. We're glad to see her back after surgery. We love you, Jane. We're so glad you're back. So that's an answer to prayer. Mike McNally's here and Mary's doing well. And we are praising God for that. She's, they've had a season, and we are praying them out of the season. So we are grateful that Mary's doing well. And um, there is just so much that God does, and he's just a miracle worker. And, you know, if you close your eyes or blink for a second, you'll miss one of them because he's doing them all the time. So it's exciting to see that he's moving, and we get to witness it with people here. So praise God that he is bringing people here and bringing them back to health. We are super grateful for that. Pastor Tim is on the mend, and uh, he had COVID, so we're super glad he will be back soon. He's off quarantine in the morning at 8 a.m. sharp. He is counting it. He's bored. (laughs) So everybody say hi, Pastor Tim, because he's watching. (laughs) They said hello. We miss you, and we love you. So let's continue to praise Jesus because All those things that we mentioned are things that he has done over and over, and he's famous for. He works miracles all the time, right? We love to see how he works, and his hand is in the middle of it all the time. So we're going to continue to worship and praise him.
deep breath of him. Isn't that awesome? He's so good. I'm going to have the ushers come forward and we're going to take our offering. So if they would come on up, then I will pray over it. Do I have anybody? (laughs) Could somebody come up? (laughs) Need a couple of you. Thank you guys. (laughs) That would be awesome. So, let's thank him for what he's given us. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for what you do in our lives all the time. There's no doubt in you, Lord. And Father, we thank you for your provision. And Lord, I pray that we will give this with joy in our hearts and that you will bless it and multiply it, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for all you're going to do, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we continue, I want to read this scripture to you guys. So listen to this. This is in Deuteronomy. And it says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Do you kind of feel like we've been in that season with COVID, all this yucky stuff going on? We've kind of been in that wilderness. And he's been checking to prove our character. When I read that, I kind of went, ooh, that's, that's a check I need to, to look at. So it's pretty awesome to know that this isn't his first go-around with this, certainly not his first pandemic. It's my first. I'm glad it's the only one that I've been through so far, so I'm thankful for that. But it's pretty amazing to watch how he moves and how he takes care of us. But at the same time, he's got things he wants us to do. So I've been trying to really pray, Lord, am I sensitive to your spirit? Am I sensitive to what you want to do? You know, how, how do you want to use this? How do you want to use me in this? Where is my attitude at? 
Anybody want to admit that one? I don't. <laughs> it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough season to be in. So I'm really thankful to know that he's still moving. He's still getting us through it. And that it'll come to an end. And that he's going to do amazing things as well. So it's exciting. So we're going to continue to worship. Take what the enemy left for 
That's exactly what we need. We need you, Lord. We need more of your love, more of your power. Lord Jesus, we want to love you with all of our hearts and minds and strength, Lord. Help us to do that. Help us not to be reserved with you, Lord. Help us not to hold parts of ourselves back but just to give it to you like a a child runs around so happy. Lord, I pray that we will run around giddy for you. 
I want to love you that way, Jesus, and not care about what anyone else thinks because I love you that much. Lord, we want you to be here today. We ask your presence to even come in more. We want it to be thick in here. Lord, I pray that you'll wrap your arms around us right where we're at in the circumstances of our lives, of our world. Lord, it can be overwhelming. But Lord, you've promised us that you've overcome it all. There's nothing to fear. So Lord, we thank you for your hope. We thank you for your love, for your active movement in our lives. And Lord, I pray that this morning, when we leave this place, we will be completely different than when we walked in. Lord, change me. I want to be different when I walk out. Peel away the layers that you don't need, that aren't going to help your kingdom, and grow new ones, Jesus, in me. I ask that for everyone here, and I ask your spirit to just come down over us like a warm blanket, Jesus. We want you here, and we love you with all of our hearts. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd all have a seat. I wanted to take a moment to introduce to you this morning, Pastor Jim Deal. If you don't know who he is, let me give you some information here. So he was the pastor at Denver First Church of the Nazarene before Pastor Tim was there. So that kind of gives you a little background. He also served as district superintendent for Nebraska and Colorado and probably a few other states. But that kind of gives you an idea of where he was at. He was also the general superintendent, and he was all over the world for 16 years. So he has been telling people about Jesus for a while. And um, he recently lost his lovely wife here on earth. She passed into glory a couple months ago. Her name was Dorothy, and she was alongside him all the way. And they have a beautiful ministry. So he's learning to do life in a new way now, knowing that she's with Jesus and having a really good time without him. But it's a hard adjustment for sure. So we are grateful that he's here this morning, and he's going to bring us God's word, and we are so excited about that. And uh, if you would be, please welcome him. Would you guys welcome him? Thank you so much. Well, whoops, it is good to be back in Woodland Park, Colorado. Uh, As as was said, I used to be the district superintendent of the Colorado district, so I was at Woodland Park numerous times, but not this building. So I I don't know where the other one was, but you all, well, some of you know, but this is nice, and, and it's a whole lot more than this sanctuary gymnasium I was walking around a little bit of it this morning, and you have a beautiful facility, so just fill it up with people. That's, uh, that's why you did it, and that's what you want, and that's what God wants. Well, I guess I should let you know that I live in Lakewood, and you know that's the west side of Denver, so I knew I'd better get up early because that highway... <laughs> I-25 between Denver and Colorado Springs, you know, it's, uh, 
you take your life in your hands there most of the time. But early Sunday morning, they haven't come out yet. So uh, I made it in here in good shape. And by the way, your interim pastor is Tim Stearman. So I'm the interim preacher for the interim pastor. <laughs> there isn't such a thing, I don't think. But anyway, that's who, that's who we are. And uh, in my opinion, uh, Tim Stearman is the finest interim pastor in America. So, uh, uh, amen. I don't, I don't want to tell you what to do, but hang on to him as long as you can. And uh, because if you get Tim, you get Jane too. And she's one wonderful, wonderful lady. So anyway, it's good to see you all. I've met a few of you in previous uh, times or places, uh, but most of you probably are first time. So let, uh, I won't take very many moments here uh, to do this, but I do want you to know, as was said, that Dorothy has been my wife since we were 20, and now I'm a little older than that. So uh, it's been a lifetime that we've been together. We have four children. Uh, we'll go, Jody is the oldest, and Jody and her husband, Bernie, live just 10 minutes from us. So that's a great, great help to us in these days and now to me. And then is Jim, and he uh, works at Keystone up in the mountains in the uh, ski area. He doesn't have a thing to do with the skiing, but everything to do with all of the housing that goes through the Vail Corporation. So uh, that's where Jim uh, spends nearly all of his time. Then they, uh, Don and his wife, uh, Diane, are, he's the executive pastor at uh, Nashville First in Tennessee. <clears throat> so they're over there doing their church uh, work and ministry today. And then Dave, our youngest, and Lori, his wife, I was quite uh, well reminded that as I drove into Colorado Springs today that uh, this is where Dave also died and went to heaven because of melanoma cancer at one of your hospitals. I don't even remember the name of it. I was in such a fog that our son was dying that I don't remember much other things, but I sure remember every moment of that. So um, Dave uh, went to heaven first in our little family, and uh, I like to think that when my wife uh, left us just two months ago this weekend, I, I really believe Dave was there to welcome her in and say, hey, Mom, I've been here now a while. I kind of know the ropes. Let me show you what's going on up here. And uh, who knows who else is there, but... I, and I don't want to get off on, on all of that today, but I want you to know, I believe because of the Word of God, there's a reunion day coming. And for your, uh, your relatives, your friends, maybe your husband, maybe your wife, maybe your child, maybe whomever, folks, this, this life is not all there is to it. There, there's one better than this. Thank the dear Lord. Aren't you glad? And by the way, there will be no COVID in heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but there also will be no taxes. I kind of I feel like uh, I need a little freedom from that here. For well, Anyway, and all of the rest. Well, thank the Lord. 
uh, thank you or to whomever uh, invited me to come today. Brother Tim Stearman is the one who called me, so whoever had to say, let's call the good brother down, I, I appreciate it. I love to try to preach the Word of God. So we're going today to Matthew, and it'll be chapter 11. There are only uh, three verses that we'll take there, but if you have your Bible or Testament, it'll be Matthew chapter 11, right at the very end of, uh, of chapter 11. But before we get into that, could you, is there any way that we could take all of our minds and take them over to the land where all of this happened and where it's written. We call it the Holy Land. So if we would go over to Israel and uh, Jerusalem and, and Galilee, all of the rest that we hear all the time when we read or listen to the Word, I just want you to know that it is not Hawaii. The Holy Land is a desert. It's hot. And my uh, visits there, I remember a whole lot of sand and uh, not a whole lot of greenery. It, it's, uh, you know, it's part of that mid Middle East. It's, it's desert land. It's not, a, it's not where you would grow and, and plant a whole uh, lot of corn like we would in Iowa where I was born and raised. It wouldn't work over there. So the land is rather harsh. And I think you'd know that, but let's get our mind back there. Then, during the time when Jesus was here, speaking, preaching, teaching, healing, and all the rest, well, uh, who was running the government? Uh, this is the phrase, I think, that uh, pretty well summarizes it. It was the iron hand of Rome. Don't ever think that the Roman government was friendly to these people. Just think for a second how they treated Jesus and all of the abuse and all of the uh, agony that they put Jesus through there, especially as, as the, we would come to the crucifixion. The iron hand of Rome. Well, there's no love lost there. Well, the land's a little bit harsh. The government's not very friendly. By the way, the tax collectors were some of the most hated people of, any, of anywhere because they were collecting the taxes for the, the government in power, of course. Well, what about the church? Well, they didn't call it the church then. They would call it the synagogue. And actually, those that seemed to be in control of the people were called the Pharisees. Well, uh, I don't know what you know about the Pharisees, but they weren't very loving either. I don't want to yell at you, but the Pharisees kind of, kind of maybe summarize as, don't do that, stop that, we don't do that, do that, do that. No, no, don't do that. Quit taking a bite to eat on the Sabbath day. Quit, stop, go. And I'm not making that up. Amen. That's in the Bible. <laughs> the Pharisees were rough. They were legalistic. 
you got to do this, you can't do that. All I want to say about that is, there is no joy in legalism. Amen. Oh, and they were, they, they were the religious police. And so the government was harsh. The land was harsh. The church, so-called, was harsh. And now in all of that environment, in walks Jesus. And listen to what he said here in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight. I'll try to read it like I think that he said it. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Brothers and sisters and young people, (laughs) that is so different than the environment, than the culture that they were living in, all the harshness, all of the rules, all of the legislation. And here comes Jesus with a heart of compassion and a heart of love and a heart of come come to me. I've been reading another translation of the New Testament uh, in recent weeks. And uh, just a couple of words different, but listen to these. It's from the New Century Version. Come to me, all you who are tired and have heavy hearts. I'll give you rest. There's another, uh, uh, several other translations that use the word peace instead of the word rest. I really like it and have that written in my Bible. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you peace peace. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find peace for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, I don't know what you all think about everything and how life is for you up here in the, in the mountains of Colorado. But I think there are a ton of people in our generation and where we live that are carrying a heavy load. And they're tired, at least it appears that way. And here Jesus is, oh, and by the way, they're not all out there somewhere. Even we Christians, many times, are carrying a heavy load, and we're weary. I, I kind of think I've been carrying a heavy load lately. Uh, I, I don't want to get off to the end of all of that, but the death and dying of Dorothy is not a joyful thing. It's extremely difficult. In fact, uh, some of our, our, our kids are a little concerned about me because I've lost too much weight. <laughs> I've lost 30 pounds through all of this, not because I wanted to, 
but a day and night caregiver does something to you. Maybe that's why this scripture has so jumped out to me today. Come to me, even you, Jim Deal, who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you peace. It didn't say unless this or unless that or unless. It just says, and I'll give you peace. If you are here today and you feel that you're heavy laden or you're carrying a heavy load and you're weary, God knows you're weary of it. Well, you've come to the right place. Jesus is here. We've been singing and the songs reflect on our Lord and on the power and the strength of God and through Jesus Christ the Lord. So let's just listen and see what he might say to us. I just want you to know that he can give you peace as well as them or me. Amen. Jesus is the peace giver. Come to me, all you who are weighed down. I'll, I'll give you peace. Then he, he mentions this. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Well, now, friends, <laughs> we don't use that word in our generation. Uh, hey, how, how's your yoke fitting these days? You look at me and say, what? Hey, 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 have you, got a, have you got a nice yoke or is it kind of rubbing on you a little? I don't really think I know what you mean. Well, I think I know what a yoke is, and I think you know what a yoke is, but I thought I'd better look it up in the dictionary just to make sure, and it says that it is a device for joining together a pair of draft animals like oxen, and then they would have the plow behind, and they would pull the plow through the, uh, the land for the farmer. So the, the yoke would be around the neck of this big oxen and that one, and together with whatever the apparatus is back here, they pull whatever the farmer uh, needs to do. They're yoked together. <clears throat> now, I, I'm, I'm not old enough to really have seen many uh, oxen in the field <laughs> with the yokes of doing the farm work, although I grew up in Iowa, which is a farm state. But we have Amish in Iowa, and we have a whole lot of Amish in Indiana, and we have more in Ohio, and there are more in Pennsylvania. And I have been around the Amish a fair amount. Well, go over to Indiana and eat in Shipshawana, and you have had the meal of a lifetime, and that's right in the middle of Amish country. Well, there I've watched, and I've taken a few pictures, of the big, the big horses, and they're yoked together, and they're going through the fields, and the farmer is following, you know, and doing all they do. Well, that was common back in Jesus' day, so Jesus used the term that they were familiar with, come, come on to me and learn from me and take my yoke upon you. Oh, oh, if 
if we give our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, not only are, are He will forgive our sins, that's a big deal, and get us ready for heaven, but we then will be yoked up with Jesus to get through this life. And when I'm in this yoke over here, and Jesus is in this one over here, what I've learned along the line, He pulls a whole lot more of the load than I do. Amen. Who are you yoked up with today? We don't use the phrase much, but you're bright. You can see it. You understand. If we are connected, yoked up with Jesus, we can make it through anything because we're not doing it on our own. Praise God. Jesus is, I like that image of, of the yoke and Jesus and me or you or whomever. Hmm. Well, it comes to me that if we are going to be yoked up with Jesus and get through this, this thing called life, which isn't very easy anymore, we need to lay down our heavy load and lay down anything else that would hinder us from being set free in serving Christ the Lord. Give it to God. Amen. Give it to God. And God will help you through it. Help me through it. I Maybe it's okay to say that I don't know why it is in my life. If I, if I only had one difficulty at a time, that would make a little more sense. There are always two or three things that go wrong at the same time. Anyone here can understand that? Hey, my hand's all over the place. <laughs> in addition to my wife's death and dying, then I came up with a great problem of a cancerous tumor in my bladder. Well, that's not, you know, we don't all stand around and sing the doxology because I've got cancer. Praise God. Are you kidding me? Um, so I had to have surgery. So they had to take it out. That was just, that was just one week uh, after I had, we had to take Dorothy to a memory care facility. And then I had to go in for this surgery. And that was whatever it was. But then if you've had any experience along this line, you know, this is not real good English, but that ain't the end of it. Then you have to go back. And for six weeks, they go into the bladder, uh, into the bladder. Just think about it. <laughs> It'll make you sick. And uh, they, they put uh, chemo in you, in me. Uh, praise God. Isn't that fun? And um, hang on to it for an hour if you can. And then let it go and go your way. And come back next week and we'll do it again. By the way, we'll get to do this six times in a row, six weeks in a row. The urologist said to me, because I was having many side effects that were bad, well, he said, I made your bladder mad. I said, I guess you did, and you're making it mad every week. 
Well, even though I'm laughing about it, it was not a fun time. And I, it was Friday, you know, two days ago, when I went in for the last time at least for a while, I hope, and they had to put a scope into the bladder and look to see if it was clean or not. Well, thanks be unto the dear Lord. He said, it looks good. Then he paused and looked some more, and he said, it looks real good. Well, thank you, Jesus. That's all I've been praying for. And I know that we have to wait for a lab report, and it's okay, and he wants me back in three months, and, and that's okay. But uh, I just want you to know I haven't been living in Hawaii either, just uh, drinking coconut oil. Boy, I'm going to fall off of this thing sooner or later, aren't I? <laughs> I, I'll probably end up down there anyway because that's normal if, if it's all right. But I want you to hear me say today that no matter what you're going through or what I've been going through, if we are yoked up with Jesus we can make it. Amen. You can make it. Yes. Don't try it on your own. You can't make it. It'll overwhelm you. Life will overwhelm us. That's why Jesus said, come on. Come on. All you who labor heavy laden. Come on. Take my yoke on you. It's not hard. I'm not going to put a heavy load on you. Listen to this. I'm low, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest, peace for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's just the opposite of what the Pharisees were yelling. Jesus was saying, I'll give you peace, and I'll be connected with you. Not only connected, he lives within us. And uh, thanks be to God. Well, so we need to give what to the Lord? If we're going to get his yoke upon us, we need to lay everything aside that would hinder us from being the Christian God wants us to be. I think my mind would say we need to give God all the big things that will rob us of the peace, the peace that he wants to give us. And so, what I've just mentioned to you, give it to God, give it to God. Yes, the big things we need to give to God. I've learned along the line we need to give the little things to God, too. And I need to tell you a story because it's about something pretty little, but it, gave, it taught me a lifetime lesson. So here we go. Now, you've got to know a little bit about the Church of the Nazarene for this to make sense. Uh, the Church of the Nazarene, our denomination, is around the world in 100 and, what do we have, 140-some countries of the world that we're in now. So we divide the world into six regions. And we have a regional director and others in a regional office in that region, the, like the Africa region. Eurasia region, the uh, uh, Asia-Pacific region, and uh, South American region, and you, you've got that. And they, uh, they all handle all of the events and everything, 
from the regional office. This is not all directed out of international headquarters, which is in Kansas City. Well, okay, hurry up to get the story going. Our regional office in South America for years was in Quito, Ecuador. Some of you remember way back, it was, what, 20, 20 years ago, maybe a bit more, that there, we suffered a terrible kidnapping of one of our missionaries right out of the regional office in uh, Quito. And it's too much of a story to tell, but uh, they made off with one of our finest missionary uh, men and uh, got to wherever they got and uh, then called back to uh, tell that there'll have to be a ransom paid, and it was multiplied thousands of dollars, or else uh, they, did, they did say, or we will give you back your missionary. We will give you back your missionary one finger at a time, or one hand at a time. And I was, in, I was the responsible general superintendent at that time for that region, because we all have a region. Every two years, we switch to a different one. And my, I was down in the lower level of our house, basement, I guess, pacing back and forth, saying, Lord, Lord God, set him free, set him free. I, I know him. I, I know his wife. Uh, uh, I, 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 know two, I know these people. They're my friends. And there he's out in the jungle somewhere. They've, they've given us a deadline. Lord God, do you have any situations you can't fix? I couldn't fix that. All I could do was pray. Well, <clears throat> the, uh, the Ecuadorian army did go in, and they did do a midnight uh, raid in the jungle. They did free our missionary. It's a very, very bad story. Every single person there died. Everybody died except our missionary, and they rescued him. Well, that's the way they do it in other parts of the world. They don't take any prisoners. Well, now, now the reprisals or the, 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 the threat of that started coming in to our people at the regional office. My husband, my son, my brother, my whomever was killed out there. Now we're coming after you. Well, we didn't do it in the first place. and We didn't kill anybody, but they were obviously blaming us. And to make a long story a little bit shorter, the, the regional uh, leaders decided we have to get out of here. We have to move. We have to move far away. And they, they left Quito, Ecuador, and went all the way to Pilar, Argentina, which is a suburb of Buenos Aires. That's a long ways away, a thousand miles or more. And now uh, the uh, work and witness teams went down to Pilar, down to Buenos Aires area. And they were building... Uh, missionary houses, not very fancy, but we've got to get these people into, into some housing. And we do need a, an office and all, all that stuff. I got there in about one year. I finally got all the way to Argentina. And uh, we had a big rally on a Sunday night in Buenos Aires. And if you can just imagine a whole, many hundreds of people. I don't know how many, a whole bunch. And we prayed with a whole lot of people that came forward to pray, and they're praying in Spanish, and I'm trying to pray in English. And then a missionary uh, boy that had been in Quito, but now lives in Pilar, came up to me. His name is Shane. I think he may have been 12 or 13. So he's about yay tall, I guess. And he crossed his arms like this, 
which I think is kind of different for a young teenager. And he said to me right at the end of the service, uh, Brother Deal, uh, I hear you're going to come out to see where, where we live and all. Yeah, coming out tomorrow. Okay. I have something to say to you, but I'm not going to say it here. I'm going to say it when you come to our house. I said, okay. God bless you, brother. And he left. I just said, what's, what's working on him? And I uh, went out there the next day about midday and, and uh, saw whatever. They showed me the new offices and now these rather, uh, rather humble houses, but they were okay. And so now uh, there's Shane and I went to their place. And this uh, platform is, is just perfect for this. There, there are two steps here. And I think there were three steps there, and there's a sidewalk right here. You've got to see the sidewalk, and one, two, three steps, and in the door, and so now here's Shane. Uh, thanks, thanks for coming, Brother Deal. Uh, here's what I want to tell you. My mom and dad are happy here, but I'm not. I just want you to know I don't have a friend. I don't have one friend. And he got kind of stirred up, you know. He said, I've got friends, all right. They're all in Quito, Ecuador. Do you know where that is? I said, yes, I was just there last week. Well, that's where my friends are, and we're stuck off down here, and I don't have one friend. Well, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a granddad. I was getting ready to say, now, Shane... Now, Shane, come on, come on, man. God's going to help you, and you, you've only been here a year, and, you know. But he said, I'm not done yet. He didn't want to hear me say anything. He said, I'm not done yet. He said, well, will you look in the door? And he had the door of the house open, and he see, you see that bed? And his bed was right there in what we would call the living room. That was his bed right there. I said, yes, I see your bed. He said, I just want you to know that a week ago, Sunday night, not last night, a week ago, I knelt down by that bed and I prayed, Lord, I need a friend. I'm not asking you for much. I need one friend. And Lord, while you're working on that, I sure would like to have a dog. And Lord, if you'd bring me a dog, I sure would like a German shepherd. And this missionary kid looked at me and said, Brother Deal, what do you see lying on the sidewalk? I said, I believe I'm looking at a dog. He said, what kind of a dog do you think it is? I said, it's a German shepherd, I think. He said he was there the next morning, and he's been here all week. I says, now, Shane, buddy, come on now, man. Are you telling me the truth? He said, well, look at the dog, man. The old dog's tail's wagging, whack, 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 you know. And the dog's smiling, <laughs> if they smile. And I said, are you, are you telling me the truth? He said, that's why I wouldn't tell you at church. I want you to see the dog. I put my arms around that kid. I, I know I cried. 
I said, man, that's the kind of faith I want. That's something little. But God cares. And, and I shouldn't say this, I know, but if there's anybody here that doesn't believe this story, I don't even care. <laughs> I saw the dog. And I saw Shane. And I know Mom and Dad, and they were, they certainly corroborated all of that. Okay, we jump a year now, and now I went back to, um, come on, Chiclayo, Peru. And that's not, that's, that's not Argentina, you know. And, but it had a big youth congress. There must have been five, six hundred young people there. And uh, so I was supposed to be there and, and be one of the speakers. And you speak through a translator, of course, or an interpreter, however you would say it. And I had just arrived, and I, I was outside, and it was a grassy area, and this and that, and I was saying hello to these folks, and, and I, I saw Shane walking on, on a sidewalk over there with about five or six or seven kids all around him. I, hey, Shane, hey, man, hey, get over here. And he saw me, and he came running over and grabbed onto me, and I grabbed onto him, and I said, I've been thinking about you all year, Shane. Man, I've got to find out. <clears throat> How's your dog? <laughs> oh, he said, the dog's fine, man. He's, he's my buddy. I said, Shane, have you found a friend yet? He said, man, I got so many, I can't even walk. They're hanging on me all over. <laughs> and he had abundance of friends. I took that kid with my arms around him, and I said, you have taught me a lesson that I'll have for the rest of my life. And here it is. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Amen. If, if it matters to you, it matters to God. I may have heard that somewhere in my past, and I've run it through my mind however many times. I have no memory of ever hearing that. But maybe the Lord did give that to me. Or maybe he resurrected something I'd heard when I was just a child. But I have never thought of it until that time. If it matters to you, it matters to God. And when I get into some of the heavy-duty stuff of life, do you know what the Lord reminds me of? I took care of Shane, didn't I? Got him a dog, didn't I? And I answered his prayer for a bunch of friends. And if I care enough to give Shane a dog, I care enough about you to do what you need done. Amen. Oh, that helps me today. <laughs> if it matters to you, it matters to God. And that phrase came to me just this last week, even not thinking about you, but about something else that seems so small, but it was irritating the life out of me. And the phrase came back, if it matters to you, it matters to God. 
So give it to God. Quit trying to fix everything yourself. Give it to God, and I will give you peace. Isn't that what Jesus said? Give it to him, and I will give you peace. Well, I really felt led to tell you that today and to give you the shame story, the dog. Um, I don't think anybody here needs a dog, <laughs> but I do think maybe many of us need for God to give us the promise about that or the other or that thing, or I will not leave you nor forsake you in this that you are in. So here's, uh, you don't know me too well, and I don't know you too well, although I do since Jesus is here today. And if we all know Jesus, then we're all related. See, we're all related. But what I felt led to do, even though you have nice altars here, I kind of felt led that whenever we have the music, uh, Lori, and we'll stand in a moment, if, if you would like to just come and stand by me, just stand here, I want to pray for you that whether it's as insignificant as needing a dog and a friend or if it's as gigantic as life and death, Jesus is saying to all of us, come on, come on. Come on, give it to me. Take my yoke on you. I will give you peace. Praise God. Hey, let's just stand, everybody, will you? Just stand with me here. And I think we're just going to have a little background music just to help us here for a moment. Jesus, Jesus, help us right now. Lord, you're here. I can sense the spirit of of. God is here, the spirit of Jesus saying, come, come, come. And Lord, right here in Woodland Park, Colorado, come today and give someone peace. Or maybe, maybe a dozen of us, maybe more of us, I don't know. So as we wait a moment, I don't think we're going to sing. But would you just want to come? And if you would come, I think somebody else would take courage and come. And, and God's going to answer prayer. Sure, God bless you. Would you just come? That's right. That's right. That's right. God bless you, precious ones. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Come on, come on. Touch you, precious friends. That's right. That's good. Come on, brother. Come on, friends. Oh, good. Good. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? That's right. Others, come on over here. If there's anyone here that you feel especially close to, you want to come and sneak in and get right by him. Come on. That's okay. If not, it's okay too. But we just want you to know that we're just gonna we're just gonna pray is what we're gonna do here. Yes, some more gonna slip on in. That's right. Oh good. Let's just pray. Let's 
Well, you, you pray. You pray as well as me. Lord Jesus, in this service on this Sunday morning, right here in Woodland Park, Colorado, a beautiful part of the world, yet there are heavy hearts, heavy laden, weary. The load has been grinding on us. Lord, today we pray that you will help these men and women and young people that we will be able to lay it down. Lay it down at the, at the foot of Christ Jesus, our Lord. As some have said, lay it down at the cross. Because the Lord has, has given the sacrifice not only to save us from our sins and fill us with His Spirit, but He also has power to live in victory for all of us. Oh, God. Oh, God, I, I only know my story. I don't know all of these stories from all of these people, but you know them, Lord. You know, and right now, we're taking the hurts or the wounds or the impossibilities or the how comes or why or whatever else, and we're giving it to God. I surrender it to you, Lord. I give it to you. And may we now reach out and take the peace. Because Jesus is here to give us the peace. Oh, yes. Peace in our hearts. We don't know how the situation is going to be resolved, but we've got peace that God's at work. Amen, 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 Lord, amen. And while we're praying, touch Pastor Tim Stearman and Jane. Oh, God, bring healing to them today. And uh, there are others that might be watching in by way of their uh, communication here. Lord, touch them too. You're not only here but you are wherever they are as well. Our faith reaches to you. Our obedience says, I give it to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's just all say amen out loud. Amen. Do, do you all say praise the Lord here? Praise the Lord. How about a hallelujah? Hallelujah. And I'll, I'll turn it back. God bless you. Oh, Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Bless you. Wow. Bless you. Is Jesus here or what? Thank you. It's such a good morning when we That's can right. come together. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Jim. We are so thankful that you came, oh, took the time. You. Thank you. Thank you for letting God use you yes. and uh, sharing your stories and his word such a blessing let me pray and uh let me we'll just, just say close it out before you do you really have a wonderful church and now i'm not talking about the building <laughs> i'm talking about you and uh Lori is uh, is gifted and she also loves the lord i can see it shining out of her face and uh keep keep the fire burning here i know you're looking for a pastor 
And that's kind of discouraging because, boy, what are we going to do? Um, don't lose the faith. God's got something good for you. And I better not preach again because that, no, that, 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 that <laughs> bless you all. Okay, you so you've got a great oh, church. Thank you so much. <laughs> Amen. Oh. That's awesome. Let's just thank the Lord for this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being here, Father. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, thank you for the people that you bring together every week here, that we get to love on each other in your name. Lord, thank you for Pastor Deal. I just pray that you will bless him, Lord. Lord, we ask for a healing in his body, Jesus, to continue. And Lord, that you continue to use him the way that you do. What a blessing to have him here, Lord. Thank you for showing him through the years how you have worked. Thank you for the fact that he can bring these stories here, Lord, miraculous stories. Lord, those stories are here in this room as well. And we trust you, Jesus, with what you're doing here. Lord, we know you have a plan. We know that you have not left us. We know that you are working all things for good for your kingdom purposes. And Lord, we trust you. And we are going to leave here and tell people about you, Lord, because they need you so much. So Jesus, you be in us today. I pray that you will bless this congregation this morning, Lord. Bless, bless each person here, Lord. Pull out the weeds that we need out. But Lord, we thank you for loving us the way that you do. And I pray you will be with them as they go. Be with them through their week, Lord Jesus. And bring them back here next week. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us back. And all God's people said, amen. Go be a light today, you guys. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.